what's up guys it's team i and welcome to team i the podcast and this is our very 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 first official episode and i'm so excited for today thank you all so much for the support that you guys have already shown to my podcast via the introduction episode uh, i've gotten so much love by so many of my friends by a lot of my acquaintances by people just to support me in general family i just wanted to like take the time take the time to thank you guys I really do appreciate the support. If you want to support the podcast by donating, you can use the link in my description and your donations will help improve the quality of my podcast by allowing me to purchase a new mic as well as help me reach a greater audience. And you can support by sharing the podcast also on your social media platforms and with friends and family. Um, I'm also currently in the process of making a Patreon so that I can produce better episodes um, right now, all I have is my Apple <laughs> wired headphones, so the quality is a little shaky, but I do want to improve the quality of, um, you know, the podcast, so if you guys want to support that way, that would be really awesome. Um, so I just wanted to update you guys on some things that I'm currently working on. I'm updating my YouTube channel right now, um, and I'm really excited for that. Um, it's at Everything TMI. I'm also Everything TMI on all social media platforms, um, which is super cool because like I really want to also expand on what I'm doing on this podcast on my YouTube channel as well. Um, and also I'm also working on a studying abroad while black guy that's going to be paired with a YouTube video. And a lot of people always ask me about like travel and things like that. So this guide is going to be perfect for you guys. That should be out sometime next week. I'm currently in the process of editing that. So I'm really excited for it. And also there's some really awesome upcoming discussions on the podcast. There's one today, later on in the episode, which I feel like you guys are going to think is really cool. It was an awesome time. I had my friend Sylvia, Hans, and Maria talk about the the international student situation with the new ICE policy, and that's later on in the episode. Um, I'm that discussion was super fun. I had a great time. I learned a lot, and also it was a great platform for international students to discuss what's happening with international students. So I wanted to thank them again for doing that with me. I had such a great time. Um, personally, right now I'm trying to get my visa stuff together so I can move out of the country to go to Austria for graduate school, and that's been a hellhole. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's a mess right now. Um, I'm currently in the process of applying for my visa right now. United States citizens are banned from entering the EU. And I know there's like this exception, quote unquote, for students, but Austria hasn't made that exception yet. So I'm kind of in limbo right now in terms of how I'm going to get a visa to go over there. Um, But hopefully it all works out. It's really all due to like the mishandling of the COVID situation in the US, which we're going to talk about uh coming up and yeah it's just been a really stressful process if anyone has any advice to give me on this specific thing that'll be really helpful um but yeah like it's been it's been hell trying to figure out what is the policies and things like that i know a lot of other international students from the united states that are going abroad to europe to africa to south america and to asia um, as well as Oceania to like study abroad and we've all been having a really difficult time just because our president is an idiot and doesn't know how to get his shit together so it's just been a very frustrating process but I really hope it works out for us as well as I hope it works out for students the international students coming into the United States um, I feel like this is a really weird time for international students in general and I just hope things improve Um, I wanted to talk about a few things going on that happened this week, Um, but first I want to start by saying, um, talking about Naya Rivera, 
Um, Naya Rivera is a very well-known actress. She's really mostly well-known for her role as Santana on Glee. Um, I was a really big fan of Glee, and I really enjoyed Santana's um, character, as well as Naya Rivera's acting skills and singing skills were impeccable. Um, I really hope that they're able to find her. Um, She went missing in California at a lake on a few days ago and I just really am keeping her in my prayers keeping her son in my prayers um I really hope that they're able to locate her or locate the body and that she's found alive but if not um I'm just sending well wishes to the family and that things will be improved and the situation improves soon um but yeah I just wanted to add that um because I just felt like it was really important to highlight that situation in particular um I also wanted to talk about the COVID-19 situation in Atlanta. It's a mess, y'all. Like, it's a mess. I don't know if y'all heard, but Keisha Lance Bottoms, who is the mayor of Atlanta, um, where I live, has contracted COVID-19 and now has rolled back um, basically the response to COVID to phase one reopening as opposed to phase two. Um, which is something that she can't legally enforce because there is an executive order out by Governor Kemp right now that actually blocks local restrictions that are like more restrictive than what the state order is. Um, and Kemp is really getting into it with Keisha over Twitter um, and basically being like, you can't restrict what's going on in Atlanta, which is just insane to me. I just wish that um, Keisha was able to stop the reopening because I remember like when we were first reopening, she was very much against it as well as other bigger cities in it, in um, Georgia were very against the rapid reopening. Georgia was, if I'm not mistaken, the first state to reopen. Um, and right now, currently, COVID cases are insane. Yesterday was the highest number for COVID-related cases. It was like 4,000 plus cases. And it was, it's just honestly like, insane it's really gross I don't go outside I've been inside like I'm not doing nothing I'm still in quarantine and it's July and like honestly it's just insane because the way this whole situation could have been handled it's just not it's just a frustrating thing and I know I know a lot of southern cities are very frustrated I know a lot of midwest cities are very frustrated with their local officials um, opening too fast. And now we have all of these insane cases. I know like we're averaging like 50,000 cases a day, which is insane, like on a national level. So I just really hope that at some point, local leadership as well as state leadership can do something to improve the situation. Because as it stands right now, that's not what's happening. Um, we already know that we don't have any trust in the federal government to do anything. So, yeah, just so many people have died from this virus and all of this was very much preventable. But instead of preventing it and instead of people being communicative and staying inside, here we are. So, yeah. Um, so I also want to talk about President Takanye West. <laughs> um yo okay so like i'm not shocked i'm not surprised that at all like that kanye west announced that he is running a bid for the presidency of the united states 
at this point, it's just like the fact that celebrities can really just get up and just be like, I'm going to run for president is insane to me. Um, but it's just like, honestly, <sighs> it's just such a seriously fucked up situation that people can just run based off of monetary, like, just mon- money. Like, they literally can just run because they have money um, and absolutely zero experience when it comes to politics, right? Um, and honestly, all of our options are trash. Um, if you know me, you know I don't like Joe Biden. I don't mess with Joe Biden. I think Joe Biden is, no, like, the moderate stuff is not cute. The sexual assault allegations against him are also not cute. I'm not a fan. Um, I'm obviously not a fan of Donald Trump. He can choke as well. So it's just like we have all these horrible options and just throwing Kanye in the mix just makes it even worse. Um, No, I don't think this is going to split up the Democratic vote um, at all. Honestly, I don't think black people are going to fall for voting for Kanye West. Um, but also, you guys are not giving black people really an option for anyone to vote for. Because it's really racist Donald Trump versus racist Joe Biden, who seriously just literally was like, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. So I just, girl, the options are just, whew, I, <laughs> I'm trying to debate if I really want to even cover the presidential race on this podcast because, honey... It's a mess, like, I just, Lord help us, please, just, Lord, oh my God, I, I, uh, yeah, that's all I really have to say about that whole situation, um, allegedly, oh, I'll add this, allegedly, um, his family is expressing concerns over his mental health and believe that this is a plot to, basically, like, this is a response to all of that, like, he's acting out because of this. I don't think that's true. I think that Kanye West has always wanted to run for president. He's always talked about running for president. So here we are. It is what it is at this point. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's it's sad. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about is Trump reopening schools and handling COVID like a nut job. Um, Trump recently tweeted about believing that it's safe for... <laughs> I'm sorry, I just, (laughs) oh my god, I just, it's such a mess, it's such a mess, so Trump was like, basically tweeting, as he does, um, and he was talking about how he believes that it is safe to go back to school right now, and because these European countries are in school, And I'm just sitting here like, you do realize that these other countries have COVID downlocked, like, downlocked, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it doesn't make sense, you know, and nothing you say makes sense, but it, I wanted to really talk about it in this perspective, right? I just think it's ridiculous that anything is open right now, and I, given the amount of cases that we have, given the amount of death that we have, I believe that we've surpassed 200,000 COVID deaths, right? nationally and millions of people have been infected millions of people probably are untested and infected right and the way we've handled the situation is horrendous and the the thought that anyone's returning to school in the next five weeks is disgusting and scary um and i really feel like 
especially with college campuses, if we allow people to go back on campus, it's going to spread like wildfire. Like, people are not going to stay in the house. People are not going to stay away from their friends. People are not going to not party. Um, And we've seen that in states that, you know, are locked, like, under quarantine and lockdown, right? And people are still throwing parties and still having these gatherings, but now you have it in such a micro, like a, such a condensed space. And like, I just don't think it's safe to go back to any schools, any universities, really to do anything right now. Yet here we are with the nut job in chief advocating for universities to be opening, opening and threatening to cut their federal funding if they don't reopen in the fall and have physical classes. It's just insane. Like everyone's putting their health at risk um, and especially with this whole international student situation, like having international students be required to attend in-person class or face deportation is absolutely insane. I just feel like um, we're just in a really odd time right now. I feel like COVID season 50 is horrible. Like season 2020 needs to end. I'm waiting for season 2021. Like this, this is just ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. Um, but yeah, like, that's all the topics I wanted to talk about from this week. Um, but I do have a fantastic discussion coming up for you guys. Um, like I said, me, my, me myself, <laughs> me, myself, oh my god, um, myself, my friend Hans, um, Maria and Sylvia came on to talk about their experiences as international students, their thought on ice, things like things of that nature. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear that conversation. And it's coming up next. I'm here with a few special guests and close friends of mine. Um, we're going to start a conversation on ICE's recent ban on international students entering the United States for study unless they are enrolled in an in-person course. Um, and I really wanted to bring light to this conversation because I am really close with the international student body at Syracuse University particularly and also just to notice how international students in general are treated very poorly. Um, in higher education, and I thought that this would be a great way to bring light to this conversation. And yeah, I have a few special guests, so I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Um, Hans, would you mind going first? Yeah, of course. Um, hi, everyone. This is Hans. Uh, I'm from Dubai in the Philippines, um, perhaps specifically nationality-wise. <laughs> I'm from the Philippines, and I grew up in Dubai. Um, I graduated from Syracuse University in December 2019, um, and right now I'm on my OPT working full-time in New York City, but my visa is still student visa, which is the F1 visa. Um, so I'm still an international student through and through. Um, yeah, and I pass it on to Sylvia. Hi, my name is Sylvia. I'm from Kenya, born and raised, and I also recently graduated from Syracuse. I'm also now just beginning my OPT. So like Hans, I'll be working full time, but my visa is still a student visa. So we're still international students till the end. Maria, take it away. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Maria. I was born and raised in Mexico City. Um, I moved to Puerto Rico when I was 14. I just graduated from Syracuse and I also just I will be working full-time uh, as a teacher in New York City, so I'm excited. Uh, I actually got my green card two years Woo! ago, so yeah, it was a hard process, but, you know, 
talk a little bit more about that. And yeah, if you guys want to start. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Um, So I just wanted to ask you guys, like, in general, what do you think about ISIS policy and how it targets international students and just your general view of ICE, like, as an organization? Who wants to go first? Well, I can I can possibly start this off a little bit. Um, I feel like ISIS, the specific policy that targets students feels no different than their other actions to increase deportations in the U.S. to like quote unquote rid the country of immigrants. Like, I believe ISIS is a purely evil organization, and I don't know if you guys saw that New York Times story on how ICE helped actually the spread of coronavirus globally, but especially in Central American countries and India. Just like considering the large amounts of flights with infected deportees Mm -hmm. that had no testing or they weren't giving any PPE. So right off the bat, ICE is completely useless against the fight of COVID-19. And it actually propagates the spread of the virus. So we cannot say that this is a preventive measure policy. I think overall, it's just a xenophobic policy. I agree with that. Definitely. I think that, like, um, yeah, everything you're saying is right. That, like, this is a weird, like, thing to say that it's a COVID preemptive (laughs) policy when we all know that makes absolutely no sense, especially given that, like, the United States is doing nothing, <laughs> literally <laughs> nothing to prevent COVID. Um, so I just feel like that's like an insane excuse to be like, yeah, we have to rid ourselves of international students to prevent COVID. Like, I think actually they're like welcome. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah. They're like, please yeah. protect us. Like, we're top <laughs> premier customers. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I just... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like having a moment. It's just, it's insane, right? Like, I just feel like we're doing everything um, that's not going to prevent COVID. Nope. (laughs) Like, I just, I just don't, I don't understand. But yeah, if you guys want to expand upon that more. Yeah, for me, I think on the policy itself, there's nothing new I can add with my thoughts in it. You know, it's a complete bullshit. Um, It'll affect almost a million international students around the nation, mm-hmm. um, which most of them um, find safe spaces here in, in this country um, from their countries or their cultures or their families, whatever it is. A lot of them have, have made homes here. They've made friends here. They have houses here. They have cars here. They have a life here. And to force them, uh, to <clears throat> displace them to back to their countries, it's like just downright cruel in the middle of a pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. And along like with, this, with the xenophobic... Um, aspect of it I think it's definitely like a political strategy from the Trump admin to like force schools to reopen mm-hmm. and it's like the the issue first is like schools shouldn't be open <laughs> you know like the, nothing mm-hmm. should be open and the mm-hmm. fact that this is a part of it is just cruel as a whole to me um mm-hmm. I like my thoughts on ice Ooh. um <laughs> <laughs> I think for me to say my thoughts on ICE, I'd like to give a little bit of background on ICE. Um, and so like ICE has two components in it. Um, the first one being enforcement and removal operations, which is the ICE that we all know. It's they're in charge of detention, deportation mm-hmm. of people in the US, 
the authorization. Um, and they're the ones who put kids in cages, they separate families, and they're the ones you see in the news all the time. Um, and the, pe- mm-hmm. the agents in this specific component of ICE can unionize, and they're all very vocally supportive of Trump and his harsh immigration, immigration policies. We all know this part of ICE. Mm-hmm. Then the second part of ICE, mm-hmm. um, which is the Homeland Security Investigations aspect, um, and under federal law, they can't unionize. Um, and they're in charge of violators mm-hmm. of US custom laws, including human traffickers, child pornographers, drug cartel leaders, money laundering, and like smuggling weapons here. Um, so recently they've cracked down on a man in Ohio and charged him with transportation of child porn and sentenced him 15 years of eight months of federal prison. Um, so it looks like this part of ICE is like good. Right, um, they they seem to be handling different kinds of crimes, and a lot of their duties overlap with the FBI, the Drug Enforcement Administration, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. And because of this, they have to fight for a lot of um, funding between these groups. But as a whole, this group of people mm. of agents in ICE handle a very different, less visible part of um, of ICE as a whole. So there's the deportation part of ICE, and then there's like the criminal part of ICE, um, like trafficking mm-hmm. and child porn. Um, and the problem is that like the recent controversial ICE um, behavior from the in- enforcement and removal operation has made everyone's perception of ICE um, be this political immigration um, atmosphere. And because of that, many jurisdiction- jurisdictions refuse to work with Homeland Security investigations creating a lot of risk for people who are involved in human trafficking, child porn, mm-hmm. um, and all these things. Oh, and on three occasions, funding from the Homeland Security um, investigations have been um, moved from there to the enforcement removal operation. So like over the years as well, there's been less money in Homeland Security investigations under ICE. So because of all of this, um, I'm gonna call them HSI. Um, because of all of this in 2016, 19 HSI um, officials asked if they can become a separate agency from ICE um, so that they can do their job properly and not be under this, um, under the same umbrella of this other racist organization or other racist group within ICE, which is the one in charge of detention and deportation. Mm-hmm. So what it- I vaguely remember that. Yeah. yeah, now that yeah. So what it looks like during all of this is that there's like one group of good guys in ICE, who's in charge of like these big criminal activities, and then one ch- group of bad guys in ICE, who's in charge of deportation detention of unauthorized people, um, and because of mm-hmm. the, the second group, the good guys can't do their job because the, the bad guys are being too uh. busy being racist. Um, so that's what <laughs> too it sounds like. Too busy being racist. I'm proud. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it sounded like. But here's the mm-hmm. stitch: is that the recent ICE policy was actually from the Homeland Security investigations. They're not from the part that deports oh. people. That they're the part. They're from the group that um, that handles these big criminals. And, um, and it's weird because this is not the first time HSI has fucked with international students. In 2019, yeah. this yeah. group set up a fake university, the University of Framington, to pro- mm-hmm. um, to provide the department or ICE as a whole first had first hand evidence of fraud. They arrested over 250 wow. international students. Um, and deported most of them. Now it's weird because the people who like recruited these international students all paid by Homeland Security investigations of ICE. um, There were 
there were also foreign nationals and international students. Um, so they were part of this whole thing where ICE is like playing this puppeteer, um, not just ICE specifically, but like Homeland Security investigations of ICE who they present themselves as the good guys, puppeteer to deport and arrest international students specifically. Um, so based on all of that, my conclusion is that like ICE, good guy, bad guy, no, it's all trash, throw the whole thing away. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's the good apple, bad apple conundrum, you know. Yeah. You had me in the first yeah. half. No same. I was like, I think he was gonna half. tell us. <laughs> it's all trash. It's weird because there's so many articles of them being like, oh, but there's good guys in ice. Nah, uh, all of them deserve hell. I really thought he was good. I thought he was going to be like, oh, you know, there's the bad eyes and the good eyes. I stand the good eyes. Nope. He, he hates them all. He hates them all. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, Hans. I don't know about that. I was like, let me, let me, go, ahead. Let me go ahead and push back. But I'm glad you wrapped that up nicely because I was like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. They're all trash. They're yeah. all trash. No, yeah, for me personally... Fuck eyes. All of my homies hate eyes. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> they don't serve any good. There's nothing good they do for anyone at all. They were founded in 2003 by Bush after 9 11. Mm-hmm. His way of like combating like everything that Hans said. And I just think we all know Bush. That was that was just some bullshit excuse for him oh my to God. Create... Don't even get me started. <laughs> It was just some bullshit excuse for him to create another organization that can be extra xenophobic and extra racist, and he can have them under the umbrella of, like, we're here to serve and protect the American people. It's the American people that we care about, blah, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, with their new policy, um, a friend of mine was talking to me a while back when they did the H-1B visa thing, and they decided to ban the H-1B visa for people who don't know, the H-1B visa is a work visa for um, immigrants to the U.S. So what the Trump administration has basically done is like, until the end of this year, no one can receive an H-1B visa. Mm. And yeah. Trump's reasoning is that he too many Americans have lost jobs. So he wants to like let Americans get, that's what he said. He wants to get Americans their jobs first, and then he'll focus on everyone else. And everyone knows that's like a little ploy for... Nah, fuck all of you immigrants. This is for the white folks first mm-hmm. and the rest of y'all goes for mm. yourself. And then she told me, like, they might be coming for the student visa next. So I was like, girl, chill. Maybe not. <laughs> I really... <laughs> exactly. I was like, girl, chill. I don't think they'll do all that. But then here we are. Them ban... They're not even going to give student... Like, if, if someone got admitted to, like, Harvard and they're international they won't get a student visa because Harvard is moved fully online. So in conclusion, I say shit. Also, yeah. <laughs> to add to that, like um, there's uh-huh. a lot of studies shown that like H-1B programs um, actually add to the economy of the U.S. Mm-hmm. And there's also... Yeah, the last, I was just going to say. Yeah, and in the last couple, I think since last year even, the Trump administration has been trying to cut down on OPT, which as me and Sylvia mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. um, this one year grace period we have in America to work full time um, to, to provide us air quote training, air quote. Um, and there's like multiple yeah. studies that that has actually helped the economy um, of yep. Americans. And like my response to the whole like out stealing American jobs, first of all, get hired, bitch. Like, 
if we can get hired and also get the qualifications if you don't have the qualifications you're not going to get the job don't be mad at me for doing the damn thing to get yeah, the job like, like, yeah yeah, yeah. Not get hired, bitch. Please. <laughs> Y'all. Oh my God. I'm beyond weak. I can't. I cannot. Yo. And also kind of adding to that, like, if I may jump in. I don't know if you, Hans or, or Sylvia, are um familiar with the NAFTA treaty visas. Oh. Yes. Um, because you no. know Yeah, because it's just it's just like Canada and Mexico and you know, just everything that was NAFTA treaty. And I was on a NAFTA treaty visa for two years. And then my mom and I started shaking in our boots when they were like, oh, we want to pull out of NAFTA. We want to pull out of NAFTA. And that's a huge, I mean, that's a huge, because you need to renew your, your NAFTA treaty every year. And first mm-hmm. of all, that's already such a rigorous process. Mm-hmm. And then you can qualify for an H4 visa, but only in for the specific NAFTA treaty visa, only if you had it like twice before. So already you have all of this like processes that are impeding you to move forward. Mm-hmm. And not to mention that you, I mean, you guys know the visa process is so expensive. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So expensive. Oh. And for me, when I got an H-4 visa, which is the dependent of a person that works in the United States, like full-time, that's a three-year visa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you can't apply for a green card um, until you finish your H-4. Mm. Oh. Okay. So that's that's also adds on to the process and also hands all of this that you were saying, you know, the good eyes and the homeland security and all of that. Uh, the Bush administration passed a policy called protecting the nation against terrorist entry into the U.S. Mm-hmm. And that already makes the green card process a lot harder because you have to go through rigorous interviews. Um, if you guys go through this process in the future, like you, you even have to like get vac- vaccined and you have to, they even ask you to it, take the HIV test, they won't give you the green card, like, unless you don't give them all of this information. Mm-hmm. And it, that already implies, you know, like, immigrants are dirty, mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and when this, when this, when the Trump administration came on, no one was really enforcing this policy of really interviewing absolutely everyone that applied for a green card. Mm-hmm. But when we applied for the green card, they told us, you know, you have to go through yet another interview process and you have to come down to the place where you're applying the green card from so I had to come down to Puerto Rico I was at Syracuse and I had to miss a week of school because I was going through this process and then even after going through the interview there's no guarantee that they're gonna pass your green card and that you're gonna have it and this whole entire process took us about four years and it was the speediest process ever because uh-huh. there's the majority of people don't get out get their green card until like an average of seven years wow. yep. and to add to that um the h4 visa to my knowledge is also what the, the kind of visa that if you're an h um an h1b visa holder no i'm sorry let me rephrase that mm-hmm. if you're an f1 visa holder and you have children here 
Um, mm-hmm. So if you're an international student and you have children here, your children are H4 visa holders, to my knowledge. Don't co- yeah. Pra- yes. yep. oh, so like this okay. recent policy that I just announced will also displace these, these people children. who like have known this whole mm. country as their home for the last couple oh. of years. So it's like a lot of <laughs> different issues at once. Oh, I hate that space. Honestly, like, <laughs> so we've all concluded, <laughs> fuck ICE. <laughs> Period. Yeah. Uh, abolish ICE. I mean, like, I feel like a lot of people, right? I'm just glad that, like, first of all, ICE abolition is a popular idea. And it's been a popular idea mm-hmm. for, like, the past two years now. Because um, a lot of people have been, obviously, at, like, grassroots activists have been, you know, advocating for the abolition of ICE since, like, 2003. Um, Mm -hmm. because of the ways in which we've seen ICE, like, impact, you know, like, immigrants, um, people that have made their entire lives here, undocumented people, all of that, you know, and, like, I think the frustrating part around this conversation is that people think that there's a necessity for ICE as if they were always existing. (laughs) No. But they didn't always exist, so that means we don't need them, right? So, like... We're older than ICE, you know? Literally, exactly. We're older than ICE. We're all older than ICE on this. And, like, we're not old. Like, No. No. So it's just, like, I think it's just really frustrating, like, the cognitive dissonance that goes into people defending ICE as an organization as if, like, they're not this genuinely heartless organization mm-hmm, yeah. that mm-hmm. has multiple sexual assault allegations against mm-hmm. them. Oh yeah, that have oh, lo- yeah. that have lost children. Quite literally, mm-hmm. thousand plus children are missing, right, yeah. from ICE detention mm-hmm. centers. Um, people have died in deportation, and no one gives a fuck. Like it's just all this horrendous things that I'm like, how are you guys not dismantled by this point? And it's just like we're under yeah. administration that's not going to dismantle them and i also don't have any faith in like a, a biden administration like dismantling mm-hmm. them no, either. Me neither. so i feel like we're just i mean he already said like he's not gonna do that um so fuck biden um anyways moving on <laughs> i mean like i just feel like it's just really frustrating because it's just like this whole weird um necessity for institutions to control people's movement mm-hmm. and like Definitely. we've had this obsession since 9 11 and it's just like I just, I still don't understand. I just feel like 9-11 still does not justify all the nonsense that came after. No, absolutely not. It just doesn't. I mean, like, and that might be un-American for me to say, but, like, it's it's the truth. Like, honestly, like, that does not justify any of the nonsense that's occurred after. Like, the response is just insane. Like, Uh and I just feel like it's impacting people's lives in a way where, it's just ridiculous, honestly. Like, I remember, like, talking to my parents um, about what travel was like before 9-11, about what, like, immigration, like, people that they knew that were immigrants, what their lives were like before 9-11 happened and all of that. It was just a completely different mm-hmm. story. Not to say that, yeah. like, xenophobia mm-hmm. didn't exist or anything like that. Yeah. But, like, xenophobia existed from the people, right? But, like, necessarily, yeah, right. like, in terms of, like, it being entrenched in government policy, yes, it existed in terms of, like, quotas of immigration of people coming into the U.S., right? But just, like, the va- the general treatment of immigrants just wasn't this insane in terms of, like, being entrenched and being so obvious in institutional policy, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there was kind of a grace period of, like, flourishment for immigrants in the U.S., especially mm-hmm. after, like, um, the civil rights movement, right? When a lot of immigrants from different, like, 
from the quote unquote developing world. I hate that term. I'm sorry, but like <laughs> immigrants from the developing world could like come Same. in mass, right? To the US. Mm-hmm. So I mean like I just <laughs> Okay, we established fuck ice. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just wondering, um, I guess the next question would be like if you have any personal stories with ICE or how it's impacted you, loved ones, friends, um, and if not, you know, we can move on to the next question. But if anyone had anything to say about that. I can go. Mm-hmm. So for this one, I have like, I'd say three friends. Yeah, three friends who, you know how like when you finish um, in the spring, but you still have to come back for like a few extra credits when you haven't like finished finished mm-hmm. so you have like few electives to take so i have three friends in that boat and so one of my friends she goes to nyu and she had all intentions of coming back in the fall she already got her flight and everything but now with this shit she doesn't know if it's even worth coming back because she literally has three more no she has five more credits to finish and so now she's just contemplating whether she's going to finish it all from Ethiopia or she's going to come back to America and finish because she has no freaking clue what to do. And I have another friend at Syracuse who also um, from Qatar is in the same boat. Like she has no idea whether it's worth coming back here to because she had in, all intentions of doing it online, but here in Syracuse. But now with all this crap, we were like, I don't know how is this is going to affect you because you'll technically be taking one class online, but perhaps maybe now you'll have to do it from Doha, but she doesn't want to do it from Doha because like Han said previously, people have like, like you build a home here, you build a community here. So you like get so comfortable with the people around here and you get familiar with the area. So And it's, like, also kind of, like, a freedom thing. It's, like, anyone who's lived away from home for a long time will know, like, you get that freedom from being away from home. Mm -hmm. So that's, like, something Mm -hmm. she was super looking forward to. But now she doesn't know if she has to stay in Doha and finish her three credits under, like, strict supervision and whatnot. But, yeah, it's just all Mm. sucky all around. Yeah. Um, I have to say that I'm honestly truly thankful to have a green card now. Mm -hmm. It couldn't have come at a better time for me. And, you know, as I mentioned, it's been a little bit over two years since my green card was approved. But also, I have been looking at the amount of deportations this year, including green card holders. Mm. So that's, that does cause some level of anxiety. However, I think the most impacted are the friends around me. You know, they're still trying to finish their degrees. And I also have also a couple of friends at Syracuse whose parents are undocumented. Mm-hmm. So there's also a little bit of stress over that. And for the friends that are living away from home and from their home country, they're right now faced with a really unfair choice, mm-hmm. which is to choose between their careers and their family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the reality. Mm-hmm. I agree with and, all of that. You know, yeah. And like, for me personally, like, I, it hasn't impacted me directly right now, um, given that there's such little information that's come out for people in situations like mine and um, Sylvia's and OPT, uh, it's caused me mm-hmm. stress, of course, given that, like, beyond myself, there's a lot of people around me who are very much affected by it. Um, mm-hmm. For example, mm-hmm. a lot of my friends, you know, one, one morning they found out that there's a possibility that they could get deported. Of course, the word deported already rings as, like, alarm bell in your head. And all of mm-hmm. them are put yeah. into this state yeah. of emergency and confusion. Um, just rightfully so. And some of them are thinking of transferring. Some are thinking like 
taking a gap year, maybe just like full on like dropping their diplomas here in America after investing mm-hmm. thousands of dollars in it. And most of them are, to be frank, regretting the decision to come here. So it's like, mm-hmm. imagine, yeah. like, and they're all like, what, 19, 20 years old, um, being thrown into this storm of a country. And it's like, the, the, this is Syracuse University specifically, I can't speak for every country, but like, has put so much effort and funding into recruiting from the Middle East, North African, and Turkish region. Um, yeah. And for all of us to hear this is quite frankly, is just like disheartening. Um, uh-huh. And it's like my response to ICE telling us to go back to our countries. You go back to yours first, bitch. Like, get out of the middle right. of the <laughs> Like, get your little dirty fingers out of ours and we'll do the same. You know? Right. <laughs> like, yeah, an eye for an eye, bitch. Get out of it. Leave you alone. Also, <laughs> yes. this whole... Like, this whole hypocrisy over, like, yeah, you can't come study in our country, but we're going to go and disrupt things in your country and study abroad in yours and, like, go gentrify your country. And it's like, dude, that is not fair. If we cannot go study in your country. Don't come to us. Yes, don't come. Like, honestly, like. And it's like really be mindful yeah. of those things. And it's like irony, if you don't I want think. us here, like stop recruiting us. Like stop funding, Period. stop having such yeah. a stop like encouraging us to come here if there's no future for us here. We're not it's fine. <laughs> we have other universities. <laughs> Please. We'll go to places that actually give a crap about us. Like yeah. come on. Well, I think the crazy part to me is like <laughs> I'm like, there wouldn't be a need to come to the US for college. If oh, yeah. our grimy paws were not all up in everybody's countries, like mm-hmm. some people have mm-hmm. to come here to yeah. study because like we've destroyed their country and there are no universities left. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it's just like to be like, oh, if you don't like it here, then get out. Like, and yeah. get out yeah. and go where? Go where? You destroyed it. Like, yo, that like gets me so tight, like constantly. And then there's those of us, you know, that didn't choose to be here in the first place, but that's another <laughs> that's another yeah. that's another podcast. Yeah, you're not ready for that conversation. That's another podcast. Um I like think... I mean it's just it's insane to me. It's insane. Yeah, and I think people forget that like I mean again I can't speak for every country there is around the world, but in the Philippines you can graduate from like Ateneo or La Salle, which has like our top schools and get a good job. But someone can, mm-hmm. like, come from America and just be like, I'm American. And they're getting paid three times more. They're getting all these accommodations. Yep. They get high positions. And, like, rankings mm-hmm. are bullshit. I agree with all of that. But, like, the fact that they um, give so much for benefits to American, Americans as a whole and American degrees, it's like, why would you want to stay in the Philippines to get treated shitty by your own government if you can go somewhere else yeah. and, like, get this yeah. perceived, alleviation, um, perceived elevation of your status? Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. I, I want to mention that, you know, it, it's pretty much the same instance in Mexico. Like, if you as a Mexican come back with an American degree, you automatically have a lot more opportunities. Oh, yeah. And also, the U.S. is kind of destroying our country in terms of, like, gun violence because guns are banned in Mexico, and all of our guns are American. Yeah. All of them. And, like... We have this back and forth blame in which it's like, oh, Mexicans are causing, like Mexican crime is causing all of this violence in the United States and all of these problems with drugs. Well, then don't give us guns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stop and having guns. Up. The gun straight is like fucked up. Like literally. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I agree with what Maria said and Han said about like coming back with a US degree and you put on a higher pedestal. It's the exact same mm-hmm. thing in Kenya also. Like compared to even my friends who went to school in the UK or Canada or Australia, if I went back home right now and I was to apply for a job and we all apply for the same job, I would most likely get that job just mm-hmm. because I went to school in the US solely based on that. Yeah. Nothing else other than the fact that my degree came from a from an American university. Mm-hmm. That's it. And you cash in the fact that it's a, a New York degree, the New Vesper Syracuse yes. after. It's from New York yes. Syracuse. It's like, oh my God, yeah. you work in Empire State Building. I, was in, I went to school in the Empire State Building. I lived by the Statue of Liberty, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. The thought of like a Syracuse degree being perceived as like, oh yeah, I went to school in New York City. Like, did right. my grandparents fully thought I was in NYU for like their whole lives? <laughs> they still think I do because it's like for them, New York City is Manhattan and NYU. So I'm like, I'm not gonna take time yeah. to explain to your 80 year old self what the state is. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> So, it's yeah. been the exact same thing for me and relatives also. When they ask how far we am from New York City, I'm like, probably 10 minutes, you know, not too far. <laughs> I mean, that's what we all thought when we came. Oh, let's not. Let's keep, yeah, let's honestly, not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, um, I like love Syracuse City as a well. whole. I love the area in upstate New York, but it was, I was just so surprised about that yeah. whole thing. I was like, oh, so it's not in the Upper East? Right. Nope. <laughs> Okay, um, I was going to ask, like, what do you guys believe the responsibility of American University is to protect their international student body, given the situation and in general, because, you know, they got issues. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they should do all the damn things to protect their international students, because it's a known fact that international students, unless you're in some type of scholarship from either the school or from your home country, you will be paying the full tuition. And a school like SU, yeah. for some reason now, they just increase. Mm. After saying they want to increase tuition, mm. they just increased it. Mm. Why are they increasing it? Who the hell knows? So that's like international students, one thing. Like, they pay the full tuition. So what, what um, a professor from NYU was saying on CNN the other day is like, and I hate that he said this because he basically made it seem like we're, we're cash cows and we're nothing... We're good for nothing other mm-hmm. than like stimulating the economy and giving them money. He kept saying how um, international students kind of pay for domestic students or people who are on like financial aid or that type of stuff from their schools. And I was like, sir, you know damn well. But anyways, <laughs> no, but I feel like <laughs> they should care for us like as regular students and try not to like treat us which they already do they treat us like second class citizens every other day they really do you know they treat us like shit when they can they don't give us the same opportunities as domestic students but my hope is like from this whole situation is like institutions will reevaluate how they treat international students and like try their hardest to put them on the same pedestal as domestic students and give them the same Mm -hmm. opportunities in terms of like Something as simple as the jobs that they can apply for on campus. Because at SU, mm. everyone knows that international students, mainly the jobs that they can do is food services. And we all know food services is the bottom of the barrel. And racist. People are, 
Oh, so mm. fucking racist. Yeah, so racist. So fucking racist for no damn reason. So yeah, my main thing is like, they better do the damn thing to protect international students and they better spend the money that they have because they have the money to protect yeah. international students. Mm. So they better do that. They better like, the way they go hard to recruit international students and boast that they have international students, they better go hard to protect them as well. Mm. That's mm-hmm. all I have to say. I agree with all of that. Yeah. I don't think you could have said it better. Yeah. yeah. And I think for my perspective, also, like, I'm, I'm going to make it two points, like, from the academic side and the recent ICE announcement side. From the academic side, I feel like if you're going to recruit international students, be prepared to mm-hmm. provide an international education. Like, yeah. I'm sick of walking into, you know, into most of my classes and being the whole thing be U.S.-centric. Like, I get it. I came oh, to this yeah. country and, Ugh. like, I'm getting an American education. But, like, the, the reason why I'm here is to provide an international um, perspective. And I, I can't mm-hmm. do that. And if you can't do that, then, like, why am I here in the first place? And I think right. with that, mm-hmm. they, should, they should provide, like, international um, support for international students institutionally. For example, more scholarships, more, um, more aid, um, and more career opportunities after graduation. Um, mm-hmm. That's because that's what was mm-hmm. promised to us when you were applying to, this, to these universities. Um, and third is, like, provide um, good institutional support to integrate like international students with domestic students, especially Facts, for those yes. who don't yes. speak English um, like yes. all four of us do. You know, like th- that doesn't mean that they're mm-hmm. less uh, educated or less intelligent. It's just mean that it's a language no. barrier that the responsibility of, the, of Syracuse University and American universities um, should carry to break down. Um, just because mm-hmm. you brought yeah. us here, it's like, this is on you. Um, yeah. yeah, I wanted to actually add on to that because it's like me and Hans have a mutual friend who did not really speak to people that were domestic students until we had to go to a whole ass <laughs> another country and study with them, right? And it's uh-huh. like, it, like me finding that out was first of all insane to me because I was like, how did you manage to only speak? <laughs> that is so funny. That's nuts. And then on Legendary. Top, and then on top of that, it's like, they were saying like how much like their colloquial English improved just by being around us just for four months and like getting a new perspective on like their domestic experience because like you know it's like this isolating ass experience you're not interacting Uh with anybody that actually lives in the country Mm -hmm. you're in which is insane and because like Syracuse doesn't make it accommodating like at all right and it's like also a thing of oh um, no like me as a domestic student like me having to go out of my way to find out oh, we got international students, what's up? Like, I want to learn about different cultures and whatnot because it's like, that's what I came to college for because Syracuse touted itself as like, this international university, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you don't introduce us to any of the international students either. Like, y'all don't make the effort to like, you know, like... Actually, I also, adding to that, Taylor, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like they kind of go out of their way to keep us separate. Mm -hmm. Like, we even have a different orientation, like, you guys have to go to international student orientation. Yeah. Yep. Can we talk about how insane that was? Yeah. I was given pamphlets on how to assimilate to American They culture. were like, you should say hello and say, how are yeah, you? Say, I'm like, yeah. okay. Um, well, <laughs> give me some scholarship. <laughs> I was told, because um, whenever I was talking to people, I'd say pardon a lot. And they'd be like, so here we say excuse me because they're going to think you speak French. And I was like, pardon me, bitch. 
Okay, like, I wish I was lying. No, like one of the whatever wait facilitators. Like, that doesn't even make sense because people in America all some people in different regions say pardons. Like that doesn't even uh, please, please. please. This is a good point to bring please. up because I think for international students it's like we don't I mean I I I can't speak for everyone, but like when we come to this country, we don't really understand race relations that much, especially especially in the context of America. Actually, mm-hmm. let me rephrase that. Mm-hmm. We don't understand the race relations in America that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. when we come here, it's well, actually, let me back up again. We don't understand race relations that much. And then the way that Syracuse University is an institution in terms of financing, uh, financials, location, it tends to attract the upper elite um, demographics of the, of, the, of the East Coast, which is, let's be mm-hmm. real, white kids. Yes. Um, who oh, all, yeah. Who yeah. all bring their like white preconceptions or white racism with them? So when we enter this university, we encounter this level of racism that we don't have. We have never encountered before, which is exactly what Sylvia mm-hmm. just said, which is like these small, small microaggressions of like how we're supposed to act and how we're supposed to present ourselves, and like as a whole, like we're subjected onto this like xenophobia and racism that we've never experienced before, which just like makes it paralyzing for us. Um, actually paralyzing mm-hmm. not for me but for many other international students who are like trying to navigate this culture so it's just like mm-hmm. there's so many different levels to it that's just like it has all the responsibility of Syracuse University yeah and it's mm-hmm. also like from freshman year you see how they group international students into specific student housing mm-hmm. so like a lot yeah. of them end up in BBB most of mm-hmm. them end up in BBB they'll be the few that are the on the mound <laughs> there'll be the few that are on the mount and the thing like it's so hard for you and that and then they cluster them all together in even within those dorms they cluster them all together so like you're not able to interact with other people or you just don't have the opportunity to interact with other people and when you do it's like i don't know like it's just so dismissive from everyone else like i don't know Mm -hmm. it's just the way that they constantly group and force people to be in certain spaces that doesn't give them an opportunity to be able to explore other not but it shouldn't be up to them to go up and to domestic students and be like hey want to be friends Mm -hmm. like no it should be the domestic students being like hey let's hang out y'all you know yeah yeah and kind of going into that, I feel like we're already in our pros and cons of being international <laughs> students at Syracuse. Like, you know, yes, we get to meet a lot of people from different cultures. And that, to me, was so exciting. Like, mm-hmm. I really, I had never had a much diverse group of friends. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful for that. But at the same time, like, all of the microaggressions, because whether I pronounce things differently and or whether sometimes... I get a little stuck in my speech and how people make fun of you mm-hmm. or like they use you as a party trick like oh say it again mm-hmm. say it again <laughs> you know oh my gosh. that was mm-hmm. the worst yeah. for me like being used as a party trick was the worst and also that whole I don't know if you guys have gotten this phrase from either professors or students I have gotten gotten it from both how would you know if you're not from here 
Mm. I've never gone that. Wow. Yeah. I think next time you're in oh, I have, you yeah. like, oh my god, you're American. Can you imperialize a country for me, please? I want to see how you do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, show me your culture. Like, want to colonize something? Do you eat McDonald's? <laughs> but like, can you like just show hate. me a glimpse of some white supremacy, please? Like, demonstrate your culture. <laughs> demonstrate your culture for us. I'm crying. Yeah. I think before we move on, I want to put out first, um, like. The original question, which is like, what should SU do to protect international students? I think on the ICE perspective, I think Sylvie did a great job with explaining um, what they should do. But I also think that as much as they're protecting international students, keep the same energy or even more for undocumented and first gen students. It's like the same system. And like Mm -hmm. they come from very different backgrounds and they're very different struggles that like who deserve as much attention as they're giving to international students right now. So it's like, mm-hmm. hello, please mm-hmm. keep the energy. Yeah, not gonna lie. Yeah. Like, I was hyped to see the, first of all, the, the I feel like the, um, the headlines are very misleading in terms of how yes. involved Syracuse is becoming in these court cases. Because if y'all don't know, like there's all I'm these headlines free. going around yeah. saying like, um, Syracuse University joins MIT and Harvard and, and these lawsuits and it's like the case they're not on the case like they're helping brief it so it's just kind of like okay that's cute like I'm kind of like I feel like that was kind of an insult to intelligence if you read into yeah. the actual yeah I was just like yeah. oh, they're a little misleading yeah. but like on top of that it was just like in a way I was like okay I'm hyped for that or whatever that's exciting but also like Y'all do not keep any of this energy, like a whole court case. Where was this for like when people are asking for us to become a sanctuary campus mm-hmm. for years? Where? Like that's not there was a sit-in too, or, like, for like you a know, very the, long time. Yeah, yeah, the campus protest, like, and y'all just ignore that shit. But like mm-hmm. when it, like, you know, but I mean like, but that's the thing, and that's it's the whole perception of like this this is what they should be doing, right? But it feels like a we're doing this because y'all bring this monetary value to our institution mm-hmm. right and it's like like you guys were saying earlier it should be more than monetary value this is why we're doing this because y'all we're keeping our investment intact if that makes sense mm-hmm. that's how it yeah. feels to me like it's coming off very like we have to save our investment as opposed yeah. to we actually like care about international students and like even, yeah. like even the rhetoric around like their statement just was not it like yeah i don't know and it's like it's Could hard to deny the fact that international students do bring a monetary um, value to the institution. But like, let's take that step back and and phrase it in a, in a way where it's like America as an institution and as a country put value on not just non-Americans, but on everyone through, monetar- mm-hmm. through the monetary factors. Mm-hmm. It's like everyone mm-hmm. here is like, their value as a person is the amount of dollars they bring, no matter if you're international yeah. students or yeah. not. So it's like everyone here, under this capitalist system that this country is in, it's like it's hard to function in a way where you, you shouldn't protect your investment. So to put this into the SU perspective, mm-hmm. it's like, it, I guess it makes sense for them to protect us in this sense, but it's like, is it right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. is it like, is yeah. the energy being kept in every, in every aspect? And like, yeah. in the first place, the answer like, is no. Yeah. Should we even be seen as, <laughs> like, should we even be seen as dollars in the first place, or anyone? It's like, hmm, that's a bigger question for a different podcast. Yeah, so, no, yeah, like, yeah. like what Maria said, the answer is no because, like, 
not even just with SU, but like other institutions, the way it's the way that they don't even acknowledge their undocumented their undocumented students, and they just like they throw them, you know, on the side. So if anything happens against them, they don't. I've never. I'm yet to hear a statement from SU that says like, "Oh yeah, we care about undocumented students and any ICE policy." Like when Trump was threatening to get rid of DACA. Did mm-hmm. they say anything? Mm-hmm. I don't remember them saying no, anything. No, I don't remember. They never sued I think I they think never they, sued anyone. I think they said something, but they were just kind of, you know, if, if push comes to shoves and they, ice pulls up at SU, you go, you <laughs> well. Yeah. Oh, go no. with the Lord. <laughs> like, that's above me now. <laughs> like, that's how I read it. I thought there was a statement put out, but like they were just kind of like, I mean, it was kind of like a oh no here's some here's the campus counselor <laughs> 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 to to counselor like that's really what see, it was. You see, like that's the thing, like like Hans was saying, we've been placed as monetary values, and they've been looking at us as like people who can bring money to the school, whereas other technically they they would be considered international like undocumented students who have. They're not on the same pedestal as us, but then they have every right to be protected. They're still not being protected mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. this institution, by this country, by f- ICE. We yeah. need to get a new name for that shit. But like yeah. the same way they're not being protected is because like they don't they're seen as people who don't necessarily bring any type of monetary value to the US and to institutions. So Which not they protect- do. Like, people don't realize that though, Taylor. They yeah. don't realize that. There's oh no they God. don't they don't take the time to go look up like if actually undocumented c- c- citizens do bring any monetary value they which pay they taxes. do. They pay ta- mm-hmm. they, they don't pay care taxes. about that. They don't yeah. care about that. They won't look it up. They won't. But it's so. like it shouldn't even matter if they pay taxes or not. It like, shouldn't. Yeah. So that, no. That's the guy. It should be a, a thing about humanity. Exactly. Yeah. And that's like what it all really comes down to is like the the lack of humanity being seen from the beginning from the mm-hmm. inception of this country period yeah. point blank like there's really no getting around this and like I'm not about to frame this as like a Trump issue because like this could have happened on this has things like this have happened under Obama's administration as well like, but people really don't want to talk about but it people never want to talk about it but it's just like literally like the symptom of, of xenophobia and like inhumanity placed on undocumented folks on immigrants in general of people that just aren't american and by american i mean white mm-hmm. upper class mm-hmm. americans like quite literally it's just it's so frustrating to like constantly come into this conversation and people just being like well we should that's the thing like the defense for international students isn't a good defense by just mm-hmm. saying like oh well, they bring so much money to our country mm-hmm. and they do the same argument with undocumented people. Well, look at this economic value that's like placed on them, right? It's just like, there's no sense of human worth and like human worth, like being placed, you know, on people by capitalism, right? Like what Hans was saying earlier. It's just, it's a frustrating cycle. And like we said, another podcast, we have to have this conversation <laughs> yeah. another time. Like, and it's so unfortunate but, yeah. because to like, to navigate this in this the situation you have to communicate it in their way so you have yep. to prove like it's just that's just how it is like there's no mm-hmm. reason why all these senators are signing letters where all these people are like all these officials are supporting um eyes to stop this policy um no reason besides the fact of the monetary value that 
that we supposedly bring. It's just, and that's the way they, they think and that's the way they communicate. So it's like, we can all bring this up, but it's just, it's so frustrating to, to navigate it through their language, which is mm-hmm. capitalism. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. The only language they understand. Yeah. Facts. I was going to ask you guys, so like, was attending an American university worth it for your education? I guess you can weave some of your experiences into this answer. And like, are you satisfied with your decision? <laughs> or would you have gone to another university after reflecting? Oof. Oof. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't say with a 100% level of, of confidence that it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm leaning more towards the fact that, you know, I accomplished a lot and I learned how to live without my family. And it also made me more resilient. Like I had a lot of, I had a hard time kind of finding my place. And I wouldn't say that I experienced racism at Syracuse because I'm white passing, but I definitely experienced xenophobia. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, it was rough to find my place because I was not dark enough for the Latinx community. And in a lot of ways, I was also like, could not be in the same standard as a white American student because I am not from here Mm -hmm. so it was hard to like come into terms in which I had to forcibly label myself um and you know a lot of white students get really comfortable with me because I'm white and would say like disturbing stuff Mm. you know I once was told by a by a frat boy that he was gonna build a wall around me so I wouldn't steal his wallet and like I know he was joking yeah Right. (laughs) (laughs) And a jewel pod, probably. (laughs) And a jewel pod shot. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I I learned how to, like, live with adversity, which was, like, really a really good experience. And it made me definitely stronger. But I would have definitely liked to study outside the U.S. And, you know, going abroad was beneficial. I was abroad twice. And Taylor, you can totally relate to, oh, you know, yeah. how being abroad changes your experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think um, we, all, we all can, because we we've all, all been abroad. abroad. Oh, wow, look at us. Oh, that's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so cultured individuals. <laughs> Go abroad immediately. Do not stay on your campuses. Do not, no, really. <laughs> that's all I talk about now, to be honest. <laughs> have you ever, have you, uh, have you been abroad? <laughs> yeah Maria, you can finish i'm sorry <laughs> oh no uh that was pretty much like the end of my thought um you know okay. i would have definitely liked going to the university outside of the u.s and i'm considering it for the master's degree mm-hmm. but i at the same time i have built a life here and it took me years and i can't just throw this away mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i agree with all of that and it's it's so hard to be like is it worth it or not to just put it into this like black and white kind of space because there's so many yeah. things we've learned in this universe in like in our experiences here but i think ultimately for me it was not worth it just because this shit was expensive and i was promised mm-hmm. yeah, oh my god I was promised a life after um graduation which is mm-hmm. even before the pandemic before trump was not even that possible to be honest it's like it's possible for mm-hmm. a very very select few people um mm-hmm. for, for yes. very select few international students 
But for most of us, it's like you come here your four years and you do your one year OPT, then you go back home. And it's like yep. when they're recruiting us, mm-hmm. they don't tell us that, that there's virtually no way to continue your life here after you've spent five years of like most of your adult life um, in this mm-hmm. country. And like, I remember um, a couple of months before graduation, um, I was like, okay, now I have to like look for jobs and this, this, that, that. And I was like learning just how hard it was for me to A, even get a job because the second jobs, um, like, employers find out that you're not American they like literally cross yeah. out your name um, no yeah even yeah. if you're like more experienced or even if you're qualified for their position and then there's there's like getting the there's the first of getting a job and then then there's getting the visa which is like a whole different mm-hmm. thing there's the lottery system and there's all of this like bullshit yeah. and it's like what the hell like this is so much work and so much chance so much work um, and like the fact that like i just i just have my last four years here i don't even get a chance to like live a couple of years here after i've invested all this money in <laughs> no you and don't like and like that for me is like is what was indicating to me maybe it's not worth it being here because it's like i have friends who went to the uk or canada i think especially canada it's like they spent three years there and then they can stay in canada you know if they mm-hmm. if they work it's like there's no like complicated immigration system there's a complicated um system as a whole it's just like you go there and then capiche it's and it's i I was thinking about this and i was like i'm so frustrated because i like talking to my friends and i listen to what they're paying for their tuition and i'm like are you kidding me that was like the insurance in america which is you know, <laughs> expensive by itself which is i was like mm-hmm. and then it made me think about like my parents work so hard and they the fact that I don't even get to stay in this country, it's like, well, it's not worth it, you know? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I love my friends. I love my experiences. I think they're valuable, but, like, yeah, what, at what cost? Yeah. No, I agree with everything Hans and Maria said. Like, they don't tell you about the difficult... Like, they, they, show, they showcase the first four years, but they don't tell you the struggles within those four years. They don't tell you about everything else you're going to experience. You know, as you didn't tell us that, then didn't tell us that, you know, the frats here, they be racist as fuck. And when mm. you try to call them out on it, they'll deny it to the T, bitch, get out of here. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. like Han said, like with the struggles of staying here afterwards, my friends in Canada, I don't even like I have a cousin who went to school in Canada and he got a job almost immediately. He got a job before he graduated. Mm. So he's able to stay in Canada. And then he said, like, in five years. No, it's like three years now. He'll be able to apply for citizenship and he'll be fine. And every time I talk to him, I just feel like, why the hell didn't I just go to Canada with my dumb ass? You know? But like, Mm -hmm. for sure, the experiences I've had, the friends I've made, wouldn't trade those for anything. As Mm -hmm. I've had extremely low lows here in Syracuse, but I've also had my highs. But it's just like weighing weighing the pros and the cons. Is it really worth it? Uh, you know, it's just like uh, n- n- yes and no, mainly no. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the problem is that we can't give you a straight answer, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's probably the feeling of a lot of other international mm-hmm. students. Like, I really, I don't know what to tell yeah. you. And I think that's perfectly fine. I think like everyone has like a mixed college experience. Like, I can relate to all of that because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> child um but i mean like 
yeah like I feel like that's kind of the answer I expected because you can't really give a full on like oh yeah like I liked it or I didn't like it or like whatever you know what I mean like there's all these different Mm -hmm. factors but I think I'm glad I'm glad you guys were able to like shine light on like it's not an easy path Mm-mm. And, like, it may not be a path for everybody. It may not be an investment that everyone should make. Or it might be for some people if you can deal with all of this, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think, like, that's kind of what I, like, even just in my experience, like, when I tell people about attending SU or just going to university in the States in general, like, what I really say is, like, honestly, like, if you're going to go there, if you can be resilient to all these things and, like, you can scan the system and, like, get all the opportunities. Because, like, I feel like y'all, as well as myself, have milked Syracuse for everything that you could. Oh, yeah. And, like, all mm. the opportunities that were possible. So, I mean, like, there's that. Yep. It sucks that, like, you have in order to <laughs> have a good experience. You know what I yep. mean? So, it's, like, yeah. it just shouldn't be like that. But I think, like, you know, if any academics or people that work in administrative, like, positions in, like, academia or, like, whatever – like, if y'all listen to this, like, you know, like, okay, like, these are things that we need to improve on in order to make the ex- worth it, worth the investment people make, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we all make investments that we can afford into the university or the, what we can't afford, to be honest, because I cannot afford <laughs> to go to Syracuse, but I, oh, I yeah. made it work. Like, make it work. And I have bad news for you guys. Why? I have bad news. Um, having a green card does not change the feeling that you're a second class oh, yeah. citizen. Like, at all and it does not like yes it gives you a a peace of mind but you're still having to like look over Mm -hmm. your shoulder Mm -hmm. it's not like frustrating about it no yeah it's not like certified immunity from anything it's like it's the same with the whole like you're not you're technically not an american citizen because you're not actually born here and some people like just don't even Mm -hmm. give a damn that you have a green card or something that kind of protects you from these things so it's like, I don't know, like, you'll just for, you'll forever be, it's just like, you'll forever be a second class citizen, no matter what, you'll forever. And a foreigner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if yep. you are born here, even if you've been here for generations, you're only mm-hmm. a second citizen white. if you're not Caucasian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think so... also with, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. I think one last thing with, you know, if any of you admins are listening, <laughs> when you're recruiting international students, don't fucking lie to us. Don't, remember, please. Yeah. Please, when you talk recruiting. to any students, don't lie to us. <laughs> but I remember when I was being recruited, like, I literally told my recruiter, like, I can't commit to Syracuse University without a scholarship. Mm-hmm. And I have an email chain of this. Um, and I was like, and she goes, oh, well, after the first year, they can reconsider you for a scholarship. Um, so commit anyway. And commit, I did. And then I did really well in my freshman year. And then sophomore year, um, I like knock, or like at the end of freshman year, I knock on the doors of the Bertha office. I was like, hey, here's proof that I was told that um, I can get a scholarship after my first year if I did well. Give me the, give me the money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like, oh, sorry, we don't um, give non-freshman international students scholarships yeah. on their second year. I was wow. like, excuse me, but like, there's a literal email chain, and they were like, I don't know who told her that, but that's not true. And I was like, I, I'm wow. already here, bitch. I already. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so pissed. My parents were so pissed because like that was the whole condition for me to come here mm-hmm. was to like 
yeah. under this email chain was to get this scholarship after freshman year, but none of that was given yeah. to me. And I, yeah. and I was like, if I knew that from day one, I would not have signed and committed to Syracuse University. And I that was that. when I was, that's when I was like, because yeah. I think it was even, wasn't even worth it to be here. No, I feel that because I also had like kind of the same thing because they told us they're dumbasses something. They told me that I could potentially apply for financial aid. Which, by the way, they told me the same exactly, thing. Exactly. Which international Why students they just cannot. <laughs> Girl, you tell me. Yeah, you, you cannot. Me. But then, when I, my only saving grace is that when I went home, there's a scholarship program that pays full tuition. I showed them, like, hey, listen, I've been doing great. Can y'all please give me some money? And they did. So, if were it not for that scholarship program, I promise you, I would have transferred the fuck out of Syracuse. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm. To quote one of my favorite moon- movies, where's money. the money, Lebowski? <laughs> <laughs> literally, like. Where is it? It's there. Don't act like it's not there. It's literally right fucking yeah. there. It's in that endowment, baby. Yes. That endowment, they don't yes. use it on nothing good. It's all up in that endowment. It's also going to Bayheim to these fucking mm-hmm. sports teams that no one cares about. Like, the basketball team. Uh, I just, the, the ghetto. But yeah, I was just going to say, like, one of the final questions are, um, what can non-international students, so domestic students, do to improve the experiences of international students on college campuses and also, as well as help combat the ICE policy. Um, I'd say, like, for domestic students, like, international students don't bite. So, hey, go say hi <laughs> to one or two. They don't. Make... I can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> go make some friends because guess what? You might, be pl- you might be super happy that you made some friends with someone from somewhere else. And isn't that kind of, like, the whole thing about college? is to expand your horizons mm-hmm. and meet people from different walks of life. So do yourself a little favor and go make some friends with some international students, you know? And be pissed for mm-hmm. us, too, because sometimes, you know, the whole thing, like, when you have a voice and someone else doesn't have, in these situations, we're kind of voiceless, so y'all are the ones with the voice, so make noise at institutions, call the institutions pissed, and be like, Y'all better go hard for my international students or else. I don't know what the or else is, but yeah. y'all better use your voices <laughs> and use your goddamn privileges to help us out. That's all I have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think going off of that, first of all, yes, make a, like be friends with us. Also, stop using oh. us as your token mm-hmm. diverse friend. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because that's something that really, if we hate mm-hmm. that, you know? Second, if we share a space with you, whether it's in a classroom or a party or any other sort of social or academic setting, then make it known we are welcome mm-hmm. in that space. Like, mm-hmm. you know, stop, stop criticizing aspects of our cultures from the music we listen to to the food that we eat. Like, that includes calling it exotic or rare oh. and, like, even weird. Like, I have gotten that. And, you know, I get it. It's exciting to know someone from a different cultural background, but don't use it as your, like, exciting, exotic experience, you know? And, like, also, just please stop making fun of the way that we speak. Like, I cannot stress enough how offensive that is, That is, even if you're like, oh, I think the way that you say it, it's cool. Yes. And you can also boil all this down to one phrase. Show up. Like, sign the petition. Mm-hmm. Share them. 
you know, share international student experiences, care about our issues as much as you care about your Instagram stories and bikini pictures, mm -hmm. you know, like, with everything going on, yes, you can keep posting on social media, but also like support us. Like yeah. nobody yeah. is saying like, leave your social media and just entirely dedicated to bio POC. No, we're saying you need to have a mix of of yeah. both. Mm -hmm. And also for those of you who have mommy and daddy donating to the board, use that. Ooh. Have a conversation with your mm -hmm. parents. Say, I won't support you if you don't change ABC. Yeah. I won't support you if you don't create a one credit in-person course for international students. Threaten with your parents' money to better our experience. So that's the best thing you can do as an ally if you truly want to be a yeah. good ally. And mm -hmm. also, like, to say what Maria said about people being pissed, I just saw, like, the Barstool's post about how SU is going to suspend <laughs> students if they have a frat party. <laughs> and I was looking at the comments. When I tell you these people are pissed, they are so mad that they cannot have their little tailgates and everything. So my thing is keep that same energy when you're pissed off for us because y'all are mad that the school doesn't want y'all to get the Rona. Come on, come on. Like, like seriously, seriously, seriously. Yeah. Get it together, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and also, like, one of the other things I can do, one of the few things I can do is, like, use your vote. Like, mm -hmm. all of, like mm -hmm. there's, elections mm -hmm. there's elections right now. There's elections coming up like weaponize your vote because that's one of your privileges as an American is like you supposedly have a voice in democracy. Mm -hmm. oh, I don't know if it's true or not, but like use it. Because like we all know because... this project's been happening and like some voter suppression. <laughs> it's like maybe not all of us, not all of you guys have the that yeah. privilege. But yeah and the also ones I do. The ones that do, and especially like looking at this policy, these policies of, for immigrants have all taken place under the Trump administration. Maybe, perhaps, I don't know. I don't know about the voting system in America. This shit weird. Like the electoral college system, that shit's so weird. Mm. But like nobody understands it. <laughs> Not even Americans yeah. do. But like, if you have like a say in something that can change the administration that makes these policies, use it. Like mm. fucking use it. Yes, you know. Yeah. Mm. I'd also encourage them to yeah. like, read up on foreign policies. Like we're more mm -hmm. than just like we're more than just like some foreigner who came to your university. We're like it's we're greater like the whole presence is greater than that. It's because mm -hmm. your country is involved in our country, which yeah. pushed out resources, which pushed us to be here. Read up on how your America is involved in other countries. And by involved I mean like fucking them up. You know, like yep. fucking mm -hmm. up their resources, fucking up their elections, fucking up their so-called democracy. Like, read up on foreign policy and how your vote affects that. Like, just mm -hmm. because you're a Democrat mm -hmm. does not mean you're a good guy. You're good. Because both of the foreign policies mm -hmm. uh, from both parties are equally evil. You know, they're like, virtually you the same thing. Yeah, they're you're, the like, same you're thing. bombing brown people as well in the Middle East. Yeah, it's like, are we gonna bomb them with a drone? Or are we gonna go in person and drop the bomb? Right. Yeah. Are we gonna like, like as a Democrat, perhaps choose a drone? You know, it's like <laughs> yeah, like literally, literally, Obama was like, um, maybe we'll use a drone instead. Yeah. Like that might be cute. It's like it is, it's like you shouldn't be, just because you're a Democrat, you shouldn't distance yourself on how you're like killing brown people and others mm -hmm. around the world it's like and how you're mining resources out of other continents too 
how they have military. Yeah. Why the fuck do they have military bases in Kenya? I don't know, but mm. they have them. Yeah. They have them. Yeah. We have them everywhere, sis. They have- <laughs> Yo, like, let's go here. I've been pulling up to different countries. I'm like, y'all, we're here, we're here too. Mm. I'm like, we're here too. Why yeah. are you here? I get so confused. I get so confused. Like, I get so confused. Because... America shows us because, like, we know it. Like, we grew we, up right. Like, we grew right. up with the media, their military around us, with everything around us. And, like, if we should know, you should know it too. Like, you don't, should know mm-hmm. it. If you're pledging for allegiance, pledge for the whole thing. Like, yes. Pledge for your <laughs> for the troops. Pledge for the troops in my country. Pledge for the troops that Russia is putting an um, putting a bounty on that Trump ignored. Pledge in everything, bitch. Like, mm. do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, if you're gonna talk mm-hmm. to us, talk to us and read like about mm-hmm. the history of your own country, so yeah. people understand why exactly we're here. That's so sad that you got mm-hmm. people, international students, out here telling y'all to read up on your own history. <laughs> this is such a slap in the face. Yeah, honestly, to have to say that it's just absolutely insane. Like, no, it always. It always amazes yeah. me, like, when we know more about the U.S. and the U.S. history compared to Americans, it's like, why do we know more than you? It's how yeah. do we know more than you? I'll say, like, yeah. we'll since y'all drag us a little bit, <laughs> a little bit too hard. Um, I'm, I'm going to say this, like, I think it really, it's so dependent on your region. It's very dependent mm-hmm. on what access to education you have. Like, mm-hmm. there's such a big difference. Like, for example, like where I grew up, like I grew up in Dallas, Georgia, and then I moved to Atlanta, like for high school. There's a complete difference in mm-hmm. the way in which American history is portrayed. And like where I used to live, it was like the War of Northern Aggression. Slave slave masters were kind of nice, you know. They, gave, <laughs> they were like, you know, they weren't that bad. It was all about the economy. It had nothing to do with racism. And I got mm. to like, then I. <laughs> You know, they were a little nice, you know, gave us some snacks. Oh, my God. Like, when I moved to Atlanta, it was like, no, like, America, like, America was founded on genocide and shadow slavery and shadow slavery yeah. is unique. And it's like a completely different, it was like a complete mm-hmm. 180, right? Mm-hmm. So it really, it's really mm-hmm. dependent. And like, that's just a failure on the part of like the American education system is underfunded. Yep. Which is yeah. why everybody's saying, mm. like, that's why you need to read up. Like, the internet, like, our generation in particular is such, so privileged just because we have so much access to knowledge mm-hmm. that people didn't have. And so at this point, there are not excuses. There, there, there are no excuses. excuses. Like, there are no excuses yeah. available online. There's, if you don't want to read, there's YouTube videos. It's just out here that you can be considered. There's just no, there's reading lists. Slideshows everyone makes about everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What to say to a racist? How to combat racism? All these freaking slideshows actually overseeing them. Like, mm. Yeah. So accessible these days. Like, there's no excuse. Like, there isn't. Yeah. There's not one. Mm. And if you want, to, if you're that both sides type of person, you can get both sides on the internet now. <laughs> you can get all of you it. You really can. The in between, the outside, all of that. So it's just really taking the time and wanting to, um, literally having the interest in doing so. Mm-hmm. Like you should care about this type of thing. But yeah, yeah, I guess my last question is, what advice y'all have for little old me who is now an international student? Hey. <laughs> 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 but, like, <laughs> I'm moving me up and 
right now I'm experiencing this is the first time where I'm like oh wow like this shit is hard because I'm now having to apply for my visa and all that stuff mm-hmm. and like there's no available appointments they talking about you know the U.S. citizens can't keep be coming up in here because y'all COVID. <laughs> so I'm just over here like, wow, like is this what it's like? Like Jesus. So I don't know. Like, what advice do y'all have to me in general with applications, all that? For anybody else that might be trying to get out of the U.S. <laughs> for applications, yeah. it's like stay on top of your shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, read up, yeah. call the people, email everyone. Like, mm-hmm. don't just like go on their website like have a conversation with someone because your car like i guess for america it's different but like your country could be different from everyone else's country mm-hmm. you know like their policies is, yeah. everyone's policies is different so make sure mm-hmm. that taylor you understand the implications of going to austria um as an american especially given now it's like with all these travel bans it's just like make sure you're yeah. up to date with everything and you're meeting deadlines yeah get some legal advice get some legal yes, advice yeah. And I'd say, like, um, with applications also, um, if there are places you don't know, but you know someone who might be able to help you out, use them. You know, mm-hmm. if you have a friend or a family member who can help you out, use them to the fullest because you might think you have everything down, but then as you go to something, you realize you miss this one small thing. So, and also don't do it, do it when you're calm. Don't stress yourself out too much yeah. because mm. that's how you forget shit. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Also, don't, don't be defeated. Mm-hmm. You know, this process, it's, it's rigorous. Mm-hmm. Like even from the visa application to when you're uh, an international student and you're probably going to feel like, you know, a lot of times like, holy, like this is mm-hmm. hard. Like this is really hard. And let's be real, racism is alive and well everywhere yeah. in the world, not just in America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, just be resilient. Like, there's a lot of times in which you're going to feel defeated, but use that to empower yeah. yourself. And also try your hardest to enjoy wherever you are. Just try your hardest to enjoy because there will be days that having fun seems like a chore and it seems like a daunting task. Mm-hmm. But the days where it just comes so effortlessly, effortlessly Take full advantage of it and just have the best fun, have the best time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, I guess one note is that, like, being an international student anywhere, you're going to be forced to grow up very quickly. Like, mm-hmm. knowing your legal mm-hmm. status, knowing, yep. your, like, how, you place, how you're placed internationally, like, navigating mm-hmm. a job market that's not your home country, it's navigating systems that your parents don't know about, navigating a language you don't speak. It's mm-hmm. all very, like, challenging and personally i i'm like i'm so confident in myself um in the american system and because of being an international student yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm so well versed with the system well not so but i'm relatively well versed with the system and you should be prepared for that because it will prepare you for a lot of good dialogues and conversations in the coming future Mm -hmm. yeah you're gonna have to have to learn so much so fast Mm -hmm. so like han said you're gonna Mm -hmm. do a lot of growing up so fast that you'll just be like, whoa, how the hell do I know all this shit? It's because you have to. Not because you want mm. to, but you, because you have to. <laughs> so, Yeah. And it's good shit because in five yeah. years, you'll be like, hello, I, I like know these things now. Right, yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm terrified, but you know, <laughs> this is all good advice and I'm going to like take it going forward and hopefully, yeah, I feel that discouragement piece because this whole situation with like Trump not getting 
the COVID situation together and Europe being like, LOL, well, until we all get it so i'm just like all right so yeah like i have all my paperwork together it's just it's literally a waiting game at this point with the embassy the Mm -hmm. embassy looking at me i'm looking at her they're looking at me i'm like all right one of us got open but the one thing i but the one thing i know about europe is that with anything to do with travel and your visas and all that stuff students are exempt from everything that much i know yeah students unlike this country students are exempt from everything Mm -hmm. so students if you're there because you're a student you'll be fine so Mm -hmm. yeah last i read so girl that's what i read too but they play playing games i know so i'm gonna have to read again playing games they were the ones who got it first. Yeah, (laughs) that's what i think it is i think since america started it so now europe's like oh so y'all think this is funny huh they're like how the turns have tabled i'm like wait please i'm like but i just think okay that's the last thing i'll say i just think it's insane because it's like there's so many people's futures in the balance right now that Uh is so stressful for like everybody whether you're an international student or not it's just like all these policies that they just pass so frivolously Uh without like taking into account the world world impact that it has Uh on people it's so infuriating yeah because it's just like by the U.S. doing this, now everybody else is like, oh, bad, okay. <laughs> well, y'all can yeah. And I'm like, all of us trying to escape the U.S., like myself, and I've been trying to do this for five years. You like, really have. I've been trying, my God. I'm sitting here like, you don't tell me. If you could have told me a pandemic was going to be the reason I can't leave. <laughs> Girl. Yo, I would have been so mad. I'm like, you crazy. But yeah, apparently, allegedly not very crazy, huh? <laughs> But yeah, I just wanted to thank you guys so much for joining me on my first episode of, of my podcast. Thank you for being oh, great. Of course. Yeah. Yes. If you guys want to, if you guys want to plug any social media, any things you do, publications, all that, this is the time to do it. Um, check me out on LinkedIn if you're looking for someone to hire. Maria Arroyo, two R's and a Y. Give sis a job. Give my sis a job. Hire her. Um, you can also follow the International on Instagram. It's a publication for International Students and Circus University. Right now, we're very involved. We're trying to um, provide factual succinct information about the recent ice policy so follow us mm-hmm. on that um and my instagram is hansva if you just want to follow me <laughs> i'm gonna second hans and say follow the international their dope app and it's not i think like the things they have especially now it's for it's applicable for people and not just su but other schools maybe that are hybrid or maybe are in the same situation so follow them if you want to know what's up with international students I'm not going to plug my socials because I don't want many people knowing my socials. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just my LinkedIn. <laughs> but yeah, yep. thank you guys so much again. Love Yay. y'all. My faves. Oh, love yeah. you too, Tay. Thank you. So proud. Thank you for giving us a forum yes. also. Yeah, thank you. Oh, dude, no problem. But yeah, I'm going to come. 
Hey guys, I just wanted to thank you guys so much again for tuning into the first episode of TMI the podcast. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast and please make sure to follow everybody that was in that discussion and give my old girl Maria a job. <laughs> um, I hope you guys really enjoyed that discussion. I had a lot of fun recording it as well as the people that were on the panel. Um, I wanted to plug my socials in again. You can follow me on Instagram at everythingtmai, as well as on TikTok at everythingtmai, and YouTube at everythingtmai. Um, thank you guys so much again for your support, and tune in next week for more awesome discussions. All right, guys, have a great day.